Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, and I am joined here, as always, by the one, the only, Christopher Wesley. What is up, my friend? Not much, John. John, we are uh, approaching 100 very quickly. I mean, this is episode 97, and uh, it's hard to believe, like 97 episodes um, as we mentioned in previous episodes, we've got big stuff planned for um, episode 100, uh, which we haven't really planned yet. No, no, we, <laughs> we, we've planned some things, but it's big and I'm really excited about it. And uh, yeah, it's been quite the journey to do this uh, 100 episodes. And um, in an odd way, too, we've been recording longer than when the episodes aired, but yeah, it's it's been a fun adventure. Uh, yeah. So well, I think it. I think we're aging well. We only have a few gray hairs as we head towards a hundred years old. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty good. So I'm I'm excited about this. No, it's been a, it's continuing to be a fun adventure. The conversations that we're having are are really good. And quite honestly, you know, I, I'm hope you who are listening are are being helped by this. But the reality is, I find myself being helped by this as well. Not only does it help me clarify my own thoughts around uh, any particular topics, but, but, but I learn a lot from you, Chris, and I learn a lot from the conversations with guests. And so I find myself challenged. So, so I hope that's the case for you, for you listening as well, that, that you're learning, that you're growing uh, and, and that you're being challenged, hopefully to, to grow in your ministry. Cause that's really what this is all about. And so I'm thankful to each and every one of you who are been part of this journey with us, uh, whether for a long time or a short time, uh, we're, we're grateful to have you as listeners. So thank you so much. Wow, you're getting sentimental, and it's not even an episode 100, but that's okay. That's all right. So, um, yeah, so let's just jump into today's topic, um, which is one that we haven't talked a lot about, which I'm a little surprised about, um, and that's uh, mission and outreach projects in the, at the parish level. You know, uh, I know we've talked about CRS before, and you've had experience with CRS um, or Catholic Charities, and um, and uh, and. Uh, but what I'm talking about here is on the local level, how does your parish answer that call of serving in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, right? Because that's what Jesus calls us to do. He calls us to go make disciples in Jerusalem, which is your local, your parish boundaries, Judea, which is probably like the city in which your parish lies in, um, and, uh, uh Samaria, which is probably, uh, I would say national and to the ends of the earth is internationally. So like how, like, and that sounds like a lot, right? That sounds like a lot to take on, but yeah, how are you serving your parish community? How are you serving your city or your state? How are you serving nationally and internationally? And how are you doing that at different ages and levels and seasons of life in your parish? Because you know, we're meant to, we're called to serve. We're called to love others um, in, in a variety of different ways. And, uh, and so that's the big question that we want to answer today is how are you doing outreach and mission work in your local parish setting? All right. So yeah. John, just to kind of get started, like share with us your experience of uh, the parishes you were part of with outreach and some of the things that you guys did. Yeah, you know, uh, justice and services is one of the A components of ministry that is described in, in the bishop's document, Renewing the Vision. And, and justice and services is a really important component. And that's, that's really what we're talking about. And, and a parish uh, that doesn't go beyond itself, doesn't go beyond the doors of the church, is a self-serving, not fruitful parish community. And, and we know, and we have data to show for years now that service projects, mission projects, uh, whether locally or far, 
are game changers. They lead to transformation and conversion experiences and, and are absolutely an essential part of, of the conversion process of helping people know Christ. And, and I, I know, and Chris, you probably know as well, people who have been transformed by experiences of service, whether, whether locally or afar. And so I think that's really important. You know, I think what's really interesting, Chris, when you asked me the question about what's my experience, this is probably an area that's been a weakness of mine for the longest time. Um, prior to me working at Catholic Charities, I talked a good talk about justice and service, but I didn't do very much of it. Oh, quite man, honestly. John. Oh, hey, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Just being honest, you know, uh, I, I knew the issues that were happening both locally and afar, and I was very educated on the issues, you know, uh, uh, around justice and service and, and, and whatnot. But, but the reality is, I would say that that has always been a weak part of my ministry until I worked at Catholic Charities, because I, I tell people, my experience at Catholic Charities, it ruined me for life because it exposed me to the real issues of justice, specifically in Northern California, where I was working there around homelessness and refugees and immigration and housing and, and like, and seeing all these programs and work in action, like I, that was my transformation experience, right? Where justice and service moved from being solely an intellectual thing for me to a heart thing for me. It took a long time. But uh, I, I was finally, my heart was tugged on by Christ to be, uh, to be focused a little bit more on justice and service. And so I'm grateful for that opportunity. But I, I share that story, Chris, just to tell how important these experiences are. And it took me a while to, be, to have that experience and be transformed by it. But now I'm messed up for life because of it. <laughs> do, you, do you think... Um it took so long because uh, was that something your family did? Like uh, um, were your parents involved in service? Uh, like, or was there just a lack of that in the parish that you grew up in? Um, like what, what took you so long to kind of um, enter into that uh, awareness? Yeah. Well, well, quite honestly, my parents were in the fields of service. And so my mom was a social worker her entire career. And so it wasn't a surprise at the dinner table each night to talk about these issues of justice in our local community, because that's what she was dealing with every day. So, so I was, but I, but I grew up in this little bubble where we talked about it at the table, but I didn't experience what my mom was experiencing as a social worker, for instance. So she was certainly transformed to commit her life to social work and it but but that's why i mean it was intellectual because we only talked about the table and because my parents were involved in it on a regular basis in their work they didn't bring it home now that's not on them so i'm not blaming them at all but it wasn't a part of our family life and it wasn't something i sought after as a young person in in my parish as as a high school and quite honestly i went to catholic university we had incredible justice and service opportunities I rarely, rarely step foot in that arena. Wow. And quite honestly, if I'm totally honest, it's because I was uncomfortable. Yeah, and I appreciate you for sharing that. And there's no judgment on my part. Um, you know, it's a totally different kind of uh, upbringing where, you know, I didn't realize, but my grandparents were heavy into faith justice. They were uh, heavy into the church. And, and um, I, I don't know if it's because uh, for them, um, 
they had been world travelers and just seen so much. And, and uh, for some of the people who are listening, they knew that I grew up overseas. And so when I lived overseas um, and they'd come to visit us, like especially when I lived in Hong Kong, we would, uh, if we went to Southeast Asia, uh, we, uh, my grandparents would purposely plan these, um, these trips to uh, indigenous villages and uh, some of the poorest of poor places uh, in the world. And at a young age, I was exposed to worldwide poverty, poverty that, you know, we saw in those old commercials with Sally Struthers, you know, saying like, what about the children, you know, and, and everything like that. I was exposed to that as a, at a young age and they've been uh, burned in my mind. And so it was always a part of that. And then when we moved back to the United States, um, you know, uh, the summer long mission work camp. Um, whether it was Catholic Heart Work Camp or Nazareth Farm or, you know, a couple of these other uh, local uh, national ones, especially in Appalachia, those of uh, our listeners who are on the East Coast know that you don't have to go internationally to see um, extreme poverty, that uh, we've got it right here in our country in parts of Appalachia as, as well as in the Deep South and, um, you know. And in, in uh, the Indian inner city of yeah, every yeah, major inner city. city. Yeah. yeah, so it, it's all over the place. So. I was exposed to that early on, and I, honestly, that made an impression on the university that I picked, uh, going to Xavier University, um, and uh, uh, actually having a faith justice scholarship, um, you know, there, and engaging in um, service there, which led to the Jesuit Volunteer Corps. So I gave a year of service there, and that's how I got here to Baltimore. Um, and and that's from an individual standpoint, and I know we've shared an individual standpoint, and. Um, yeah, we could look at our parents and say, oh, they didn't do enough or they were the sole reason of that. But I think it really also comes down to the church, right? Um, and this goes back to what you were saying. A church that uh, is not um, doing outreach or mission is one that's self-centered. Yeah, and, absolutely right. Yeah. And uh, so what we have to um, uh, look at is as a church, how are, we, um, how are we introducing people to the gift? Because I also think it's a gift of serving others, Right. And this goes to, um, you know, looking at our curriculum and our content for our faith formation programs, uh, the opportunities and the partnerships that we have as a parish, and um, what we're even preaching about on the weekend um, in, in those regards. So, all right, sounds like a lot that we need to do um, to start outreach and mission. Uh, John, what are some areas that you've seen have been like, let's just say low hanging fruit, small steps that parishes can take in order to engage in service? Yeah, a lot of churches have uh, you have your Saint Vincent de Paul or your your clothes closet or your little soup kitchen. There's you know a lot of churches you know have those right happening right in their backyard, like literally on the parish grounds. And so, part of it is to start locally and, and figure out what's happening just as a service wise within the community. And, and and there's probably folks within in the community, especially volunteers who are heavily involved in that. Uh, that that for me is probably the low hanging fruit. And the other low hanging fruit, and this is absolutely connected to my experience with Catholic Charities, is connecting with your local Catholic Charities. My, my role when I was at Catholic Charities, I was the director of parish partnerships. My job was to connect parishes to the work of Catholic Charities uh, and to bring them on board. And, and again, every Catholic Charities is a little bit different, uh, you know, but I think there are opportunities right there locally because every diocese has some version of Catholic Charities serving in their local diocese. And so for me, those are the two low-hanging fruits. Start with some of the stuff that's already happening in your parish grounds and then, and then take a look at Catholic Charities because Catholic Charities across the country does amazing work. And, and that is a great way to start exposing people to this idea.
of, of service. And I would agree with that. You know, definitely looking at Catholic Charities, look at what you have uh, available already. And also look at the corporal works of mercy, right? Look at those seven corporal works and, um, and ask, okay, like, what are we doing for the sick and the dying? What are we doing for uh, the unclothed or the hungry and thirsty? Um, just kind of do like a self-evaluation on what are the things that you're currently doing. Now, that can get overwhelming because you're, you're going to feel like we have to do everything for everyone. And that's not what we're saying. Um, I think, yeah, looking at Catholic charities in your diocese um, and uh, like seeing what's offered and what's easy to do. Like, so for us in our parish here in Maryland, and we have a great Catholic charities here in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, um, low hanging fruit activity is making casseroles for um, a couple of our soup uh, kitchens, uh, like our daily bread. Um, and uh, you go to the Catholic charities website, they give you the recipe of exactly what they need. Um, Churches uh, supply the tin foil pans, um, and then you just return them, and uh, you have someone bring them down to that that location every single week or, or month, however often you're doing that. Uh, so yeah, checking out Catholic charities. Um, also, identify like what are the biggest two or three biggest issues or injustices that uh, your community is facing right now. And I think that's important to recognize too, because and Catholic charities, I think will represent this. Um, but like, if you are in an urban setting, um, the major faith justice issues that you need to approach are going to be much more different than if you are in the middle of like a farming um, or rural area um, in that regard. So there are going to be similar problems, but uh, how you tackle them are going to be differently. So look at those two or three things and start to pray and, and ask God, like, are these the, is this the burden uh, that you're placing on the heart of this parish? Like to tackle those injustices, to approach those injustices in my area. So gaining a good understanding of exactly what you're meant to do and how you're meant to tackle that. Absolutely. And, and again, look at other nonprofits in your area as well. Catholic Charities is a great uh, place to start, but many communities have incredible nonprofits. We partnered with a lot um, at Catholic Charities that are, are worthy of time and energy too. Um, and the other thing is, is take a look at how you bring justice and service components to the church as part of your regular programming, right? And so, for instance, I often used CRS's Food Fast. Uh, some people use uh, World Vision's 30-hour uh, famine, which is a totally similar concept, you know, as a way to kind of uh, raise awareness around the issues of justice around the world. And again, that's more programming. That's not, you know, service per se, but typically there's a service component to it. But, but the reality is, and for me, Chris, this is important as, as we continue this conversation, that it's not just enough to do the service. The service is incredible. The service is transformative. There's no doubt about it. But the conversations I want to have and the conversations that our church is calling us to do is, is once we experience whatever poverty, whatever justice issue, we need to have a conversation around why this is happening in the first place. What are the systems or structures that are in place that are causing this type of poverty or this type of injustice, right? You know, as we look at some of the, the, the issues that are happening right now around, around justice and life or whatnot, you know, as, as we look at what are the systems and structures in place that are causing the issues right now that we're having, say, around immigration at the border, mm -hmm. right? Or what are the systems and structures that are in place that, that are, are, are causing, you know, the, the issues of, of abortion and the rampant abortion that's happening, right? Those are important conversations because in my mind, Chris, it's not just enough to provide the service. We need to look at 
what change is required to make sure that we never have to do this type again. I told people all the time, I said, the only reason Catholic charities exist is because the systems and structures in society are broken in places that are causing this type of yeah. poverty and these types of issues. So I need, I want to have those conversations as part of our ministry. Well, and it's not just having those conversations, but also um, introducing them and inviting the younger generations to have that, right? Because um, I think the earlier you can um, expose uh, people to service, um, the more it's going to be a part of their culture and their nature. And, and so, um, you know, a part of our catechesis to young people needs to be talking about uh, sin in the world and faith justice issues and, and inviting them to be a part of that dialogue. Like, what are they seeing? Because they're seeing it too. You know, it's not like all of a sudden you turn 18 and the problems of the world are revealed to you. They're seeing it too. And, and they're probably thinking like, this isn't right, but they haven't been given permission to articulate that. And so I think like, um, again, on, on top of identifying places to partner with, um, we have to look at the way that we're, we're taught, just like you said, talking about these issues in the parish setting, um, in our programs, in our ministries, and then creating opportunities where people can engage in that. And um, like one of my, you know, I, I mentioned it as a good uh, first step with cr uh, creating casseroles, but sometimes that's where we stop, right? And I think, um, you know, especially for families and for kids, if you can introduce them to um, the, the picture, uh, the bigger picture of what they're doing, like why the casserole matters, like introduce them to people that the casserole is impacting um, or the service opportunity, um, like why it's making a difference then there's going to be more value to it. I know in youth ministry, we, we, we get stuck where we're like, all right, guys, we're going to make 500 sandwiches. They're going to feed homeless and hungry people, right? But if they've never experienced hunger, if they've never seen a homeless person or seen or met someone who's been hungry, then they're really not going to understand the value of that. They're just going to be like, oh, this is a boatload of sandwiches. But they're not, they're not going to understand the weight of the, this act of service. And I think that's important. And that's where... You know, and where I want to go next is you know, getting into outreach and mission opportunities are so important. Um, so many times we look at outreach and mission as we, the church, are going to go and fix the world's problems, right? Or and uh, and that's where we have to be careful with uh, privilege, right? Is that we, those those of us who are privileged, we're going to go and fix everyone else's problems as if the poor people are the problem or the um, you know the the hungry people are the problem. They're not the problem. They're part of these broken systems and structures, which is why you discuss them. But we need to enter into those opportunities. So one, that we accompany them um, and we can walk with them. So to bring solidarity and know that the church loves them. But two, also to challenge and change the ways that we contribute to the broken systems that might be holding them down, right? Like I'm not gonna understand, as a white man, I'm not gonna understand racism you know, unless I sit down and talk with people who are impacted and affected by that and allow them to speak into my life, how I unintentionally contribute to that. Right. And it, you know, you, you, you mentioned before, one of the reasons you didn't get into campus ministry was because it made you uncomfortable. Outreach and mission work will make you uncomfortable, but it will also shape and mold your heart to be bigger and it, you'll experience more joy. So, yeah, I think the next thing is like looking at these opportunities and experiences and saying like, this isn't something we're going to do because we're going to, you know, build a hut or um, provide clean water or feed uh, uh, 500 people. 
we're going to go into this because they're children of God. I'm a child of God. And I want to know how, what I can do um, to continue to share God's love um, and how I can walk with them to know that God, God loves them too. Yeah. And see, that's a, that I want to echo that because you said that so perfectly with the idea, the goal of justice service and missions and outreaches is not to go change the lives of other people. Maybe you'll do that and maybe you'll have a positive impact. But the more important goal is the people who end up serving are changed and transformed. That for me, that's the goal of mission and outreach as we go out and serve, we are transformed through that service, not, you know, the people I'm serving are transformed. I'm certainly hoping I have a good impact on them and we help them be better, but you know, I, I am transformed. That's a different way of thinking. And I think that's an important thing to remember. That's the goal. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No. And um, you know, we, we see that throughout the gospels. Anytime, uh, there's someone doing service or, or loving another person, like just kind of the change of heart that, that comes from that and the, the change um, in, in how they approach it. When Jesus sends out the disciples, you know, they don't um, go out um, and come back the same. They go out and come back different. And that's what uh, mission work is supposed to do. It's supposed to take us out of our comfort zone, out of our own world. It helps us look outwardly and not inwardly. And, uh, and that's key. And as parishes, whether you're the youth minister, the DRE, even the liturgical director, you need to be able to create opportunities where your team, uh, where you, you, where the parish is growing um, uh, with a heart of service. Um, and, and, and so those are the things you want to do as a parish. Um, you know, we, we talked about starting out with Catholic charities and looking at local nonprofits to partner with. And you want to make sure that you partner with people who are like-minded to you. Um, even, even if they're not um, Catholic, um, just make sure that they share the same values that you share and that they're not going to do anything that's going to contradict uh, what you're trying to do as a Catholic church. So, so don't be afraid to partner with, with anyone. Um, um, and, uh, and just realize it's just a, another layer of difficulty there. What I would say too is try to find men and women and teenagers in your parish that can champion this effort as well. Um, don't just like, if you're the outreach coordinator or the missions director listening to this, like I get it. Like you feel like you're the one, you know, the only one doing this, uh, get your coworkers on board, find parishioners who can help you do that and, and help you uh, share that vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, uh, you, there are folks out there, especially also on the national and international level, that have the structures in place to help you do this, right? You don't have to create all of this from scratch. And so, Chris, you probably have been more exposed to this than, than I have on maybe on the national and the international level. And you mentioned, you know, like, uh, you know, some, you know, what was it? Not Bethlehem Farms, but that's another Nazareth one. Nazareth Farm. Nazareth yeah. Farm. But like, I think for instance, looking at Center for Ministry Development's Young Neighbors in Action and mm -hmm. Just Five Days, which is geared towards adolescents, you know, um, uh, and internationally, I know churches, you know, work with, uh, certainly I know churches who work with CRS and I partner with you know, CRS internationally, but also uh, I think on more ministries is one of the ones I know. So what mm -hmm. are some of the other organizations or agencies out there that have opportunities for us already, especially on the national or international level. Chris, what have you been exposed to? Yeah, you know, it's tough too, because I know um, people have different experiences uh, throughout that. Um, and I'm not going to know much about the West Coast, um, but here in the Northeast, um, you've got uh, 
There, there are a ton of programs in Appalachia, especially ones that work with youth and teens. Um, so Appalachian Service Project is one of them. Um, and uh, Nazareth Farm we talked about as well. Um, you know, if you look up any of those organizations, they're really helpful. Um, on an international level, uh, one organization, um, and you mentioned CRS. I think CRS is a great place to start because they'll, they don't necessarily provide service trips, um, but they will connect you with organizations who are doing that as well. Um, but I think uh, a place, and, and my last parish partnered with them, and we're currently partnering with them, is 410 Bridge. It's an organization out of Atlanta, Georgia, and their main goal is international missions in four countries, uh, Kenya, Uganda, Guatemala, and Haiti. And our parish is looking at a partnership in, in Haiti. And what they do is they connect uh, churches with, uh, and businesses um, with communities um, in these countries. So it's not like a sister parish sort of system. It's uh, you partner with the whole entire community. And what 410 does is they gather um, all the community leaders together um, and you go down there and you sit with them and you learn what they do and, and, and what they do and, and you commit to walk with them to help them understand these problems. And it's not for them to be dependent on you, but it's for you just to continue to encourage them along that way. Um, the literature and the stuff that they have, I think is, is awesome. So I highly recommend uh, 410 Bridge with that. Um, with the mission camps going back to like national and everything like that, um, I think you really just have to look at like what your budget is, um, what you're willing to commit and what you want to get out of that. Cause, um, you know, I've had positive and negative experiences, um, with different work camps and I'm not going to name them because I don't want to like, uh, you know, start a war over like what, what's best or not. But I think, um, sometimes also, uh, we shouldn't be afraid to create our own, um, local or national work camp experiences. So for example, our parish does a middle school service uh, week called Smile. And that's something that, uh, man, we've been doing now for 13 years. And we've just been molding that and shaping that to be something that we feel tackles the issues that we were saying before. Um, but that's where you need a team. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, but bottom line, if you're looking for a place to start, especially here in the U US Catholic Charities and CRS, um, uh, Catholic Relief Services are the two best organizations to start with because they have um, so much experience. And if they don't do what you're looking to do, they can at least connect you with um, resources that will um, help you reach that vision. Yeah, good, good. That's helpful for me. And my, my last comment as we begin to wrap up is, is also just consider doing intergenerational opportunities, right? I know we, we tend to do uh, like youth ministry, for instance, tends to do a lot of stuff with just youth. And that's good. And I, I want to encourage that as well. But I think, you know, like for me as a parent with young kids, like I, I want to expose my kids to experiences like this. But I can tell you right now with an eight-year-old, four-year-old, two-year-old, I'm struggling to find those opportunities because it's got to be age appropriate. But engaging the family, having parents and kids do things together, have adults and youth, you know, whether they're related or not, do things together, I think is also an essential part of the community building process of the parish and, and the transformation uh, process of the parish as well as the family. So that would be the other thing I would encourage is that don't just do it by age group, but really do some intergenerational stuff, find some opportunities for families as well. And, it, and again, I'm, I'm looking for those opportunities right now. And so uh, if you have ideas, you let me know. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And uh, we'll, we'll put up some of those links uh, to Catholic Relief Services and Catholic Charities and uh, 
so that you guys can uh, have a jumping um, off point. But um, yeah, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can find me at marathonyouthministry.com or on social media, all things Marathon Youth Ministry. Uh, John, where can they find you? You can reach out to me at parissuccessgroup.com. All of our information is there. And on social media, at John Ronaldo, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Yeah, connect with me. I'd love to, love to have some conversation with you there. And of course, we'd always love to hear from you guys. So feel free to shoot us an email. You can go to churchpodcast.org or um, email us at questions at thechurchpodcast.org. You can leave a review on iTunes. And if you haven't subscribed to iTunes, just go to our website or go to iTunes and search for The Church Podcast with John Ronaldo and Chris Wesley. Um, the more you guys listen, the, the, the more we learn as well. So thank you so much. Uh, for being uh, a subscriber and a listener. And uh, we can't wait to talk about ministry next time. All right. So let's close in prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much um, for calling us to something greater than ourselves, to something that's more, and that's loving you, and that's loving your children. Uh, loving your children uh, who are within our parish, loving your children who are within our cities, our states, our country, Lord, and internationally. And God, I pray that our uh, hearts uh, continue to swell with your love so that we know that people aren't alone, so that we can overcome sin and all the uh, structures and systems that hold people down and oppress people and uh, treat people differently from the way that you envision. Continue to bless us, continue to walk with us, continue to show us. In your name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.